Okay, so this is day number eight, Bible study number seven, and this is our final day together in London. This will be our final outreach as a group this year, no doubt. It's been a great year. Back in February, we went to Switzerland, did some great work, gave out thousands of tracks. And June, we met for two weeks, did some more outreach, a great time of fellowship and evangelism. And by the glory of God, we were able to come back and do it again. And Houston has been our base for the past seven days. Spoken to a lot of people. And for me, the outreach began with a slight crisis of losing my phone for 15 minutes. Absolute panic on the train, trying to locate it. It was on vibrate, and I could hear it vibrating, but I couldn't see it. And I was on my hands and knees, literally uh, going up and down the carriage, trying to locate my phone. Thinking to myself, if I lost it, I've lost all my photographs, all my numbers it would have been a disaster awful start to what became a great outreach well praise the lord i was able to find it and uh, the panic quickly went away but we think we've given out probably twelve thousand tracks over the last seven days which is remarkable and the band has probably been seen by maybe thirty-five thousand people forty thousand it's hard to put a figure on it but buses cars uh, pedestrians, many police, civil servants, everyone, anyone, all over London, got a good look at our banner. So it's been a great blessing. And again, your fellowship has been warmly received. The cooking has been exceptional. And it's been good to once again meet and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Read the Word of God each and every day. But above all, to get the word of God out, to share the truth of Christ with the people of London. Luke 24 is my scripture for this morning. I was reading this last night, thinking that it would be appropriate to look at before we wrap this outreach up and head back to our homes. Luke 24, look at verse 36, please. And as it thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. And saith unto them, Peace be unto you. He's gone to the cross, he's died for the sins of the world, and they've been meeting, trying to work out what has just occurred. He told them many times that he would die for the sins of the world, and yet on many times it says how they couldn't understand. It was withheld from them. The apostles are very much like children. But here Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. That's a great word, peace. We have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, thanks to the atonement. And here this is a double peace. This is a personal peace. Not just to uh, feed into the atonement, but to feed into personal fellowship with the one that they lived, slept and dined with for three and a half years. 37. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they'd seen a spirit. That's what the JWs teach. They teach that when Christ came up out of the tomb, he came up spiritually, not physically. That, of course, is an error. He came up glorified. 38. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? It is natural to be fearful. It's natural to be anxious and at times to panic, like my first day coming down and when I lost my phone. But here these apostles... The disciples should have known better. And yet the Lord is long-suffering. He would very much understand their 
concerns and confusion. Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Ye, all of you, not just some. What's the problem here? Why are you in such a state? Have any been dead? 72 hours. And it also shows that when people take their eyes off the Lord and off his word, they start to fall apart. 39. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. Which completely rules out the JW belief, that Christ came up as a spirit being. In fact, they believe he came up as Michael, the archangel. 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, for the proof that he is who he is telling them that he is, that he was the Messiah, the Christ. He is still the Messiah. He is still the Christ. That the man they lived, slept and dined with has returned from the dead, conquered death. And according to Hebrews chapter 2, tasted death for every man, not just the elect. 41. Mother believed not for joy and wandered. He said unto them, have you here any meat? This is very honest. And this goes back to Matthew 28. How some didn't believe. The honesty here is remarkable. It says, and while they yet believe not for joy. There's a group of them. And wandered. He said unto them, have you here any meat? In other words, let's have something to eat. Let's enjoy a meal. I want to really prove to you that I'm a physical being. Not just a spiritual being. Not just an imagination. But they're still doubting. To be fair to them, they're probably in shock as well. They saw a man who they loved crucified, tortured to death for six hours. So we call this post-traumatic distress. Maybe this is what they are experiencing, I don't know. 42. And they gave him a piece of a broad fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and he ate it before them. This also shows me that when we are glorified, when we get our new bodies at the rapture, we too can eat and drink, which feeds into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And of course, we eat and drink in eternity because we want to, not because we have to. Whereas here, if we don't eat and drink in this world, on this earth, we die. 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. What a statement. These are the words which I spake unto you. That all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. That's the entire Old Testament, not the Apocrypha. All things written unto me, or written concerning me. I'm going to fulfill all things. You think to yourself, who else in history comes anywhere near this? All of the prophets, so-called, claimed that they were sent from God or gods to steer man to the understanding of deity and yet to the best of my knowledge not one of those individuals including Muhammad would ever claim that the entire Old Testament concerned him yes they take parts of the Old Testament and try and apply it to Muhammad which is pitiful if you read the verses in context you know quite clearly that it's speaking about the Messiah Christ was a Jew Muhammad was a Gentile doesn't even fit Luke 45 then opened he their understanding, that it might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, 
and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. I love this. Then opened he the understanding, 45, that they might understand the scriptures, to truly understand the scriptures. I'm sure they spent all their lives reading the Old Testament and probably got the basics down. But to really understand the scriptures, according to 1 Corinthians 2, is impossible until you are born again. Because the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Lord. They are foolishness to him. He is spiritually discerned. And here Christ, not yet ready to send the Holy Ghost, has opened the scriptures. He's opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Old Testament. And of course what they didn't know at this time is that they were going to write the New Testament. Which is absolutely incredible. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer son of Joseph and to rise from the dead the third day something Jews couldn't quite understand didn't want to receive even though Isaiah 53 told them along with uh, Psalm 22 and 26 that the Messiah would die and also Daniel chapter 9 but not for himself for others and that repentance and omission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, the eternal city. Repentance, change of mind, doing about turn, go from unbelief to belief, remission, atonement, forgiveness of sins. So he's going to give you repentance and remission of sins. He's going to give you grace in order to believe this. And he will keep you saved after you receive this message. Among all nations, this wasn't just for the Jews. And people say, well, the apostles came along and started a new religion. No, they did not. They came along to initiate a new covenant. But it wasn't them that initiated a new covenant. It was Christ. They were his messengers. They were his eyewitnesses. They wrote the New Testament. 48. And you are witnesses of these things. And yet people continue to say to me that we can't trust the New Testament. We can't trust the apostles. Paul never met the risen Christ. Yes, he did. Acts 9, 1 Corinthians 15. And the level of ignorance is just astounding. And one of the Islamists from Sunday were wanting me to uh, consider certain academics from Christendom who were suggesting that we can't trust this incredible book called the New Testament, called the Holy Bible. And I said to him, who cares what they say? They make no difference to me whatsoever. They're dead theologians. They're traitors. 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured of power from on high. Sit tight in Jerusalem, the eternal city, until ye be endured, powered, equipped with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, the Holy Ghost. He would come upon them. He would indwell them. He would give them the sign gifts to set people free from every possible illness. And of course we read about that very clearly throughout Acts of the Apostles. But it says here, Behold, eyes in the promise of my Father upon you, Holy Ghost, also affirming his deity. I will send the promise of my Father upon you. The Father sent the Son, and the Son sends the Holy Ghost. But tarry ye here, or tarry ye in, 
the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endured with power from on high. And these men would turn the world upside down. 50. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and lifted up his hands and blessed them. Very much a Jewish prayer, probably. Rabbis would bless their disciples and sometimes put their hands on their disciples. 51. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. He gets an angelic escort, if you will. He's carried up into heaven. He would tell us from John chapter 3 how the Son of Man is able to go up to heaven and back on his own power. But here it says, how it came to pass, while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Also great verse for the rapture. They saw him go up and we will see him come back. We will see him in the clouds. And sometimes people get the rapture muddled up with the second coming. It's easily done, but it's not uh, something to concern us. The rapture is for the church. The second advent is pretty much for tribulation saints. And uh, also feeds into him coming back to punish the sins of the world. 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. That's a great way to conclude our study over the last several days. They worship him, 52, because he is God. They return to Jerusalem with great joy. Also picturing the second advent. There will be saved Jews in Jerusalem that will be waiting for the Lord to come back. On top of that, they are continually in the temple. Of course, we don't have a temple today. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we can spiritualize 53 to rejoicing in the Lord in spirit, continually praising and blessing God. And it concludes with Amen. May it be. So these verses, I think, have been appropriate to look at this morning for our final group get-together. This book is about Christ. This world is made for his glory. And for those of us which are saved, we get crowns if we are faithful to him. And our crowns, according to Revelation chapter 4, will be thrown at his feet. So it all feeds back to him. Salvation is a gift. Fellowship with him is a gift. The knowledge of the scripture is a gift. And to fall and reign with him is also a gift. But when I read these verses, I see a group of saved men, worrying, panicking, wanting reassurance. And Christ doesn't reprimand them for that. But he rewards them. And he further explains the scriptures to them. And like I say, they're probably in shock at what they've just seen and experienced. He opens understanding that they might understand the scriptures, which is only going to happen to those of us which are saved, because if you're not saved, you will not understand the scriptures. In fact, if you're not saved, this book isn't even for you. And off they go with great joy, worshipping him, meeting daily in the temple, no church buildings, the synagogues haven't yet been converted into assemblies, no Gentiles present yet, and that's why it's problematic to read the Gospels and try and teach them doctrinally or try and get doctrine from the Gospels. It's always wise to go to the epistles to get your doctrine. The Gospels are really historical books written by eyewitnesses of the Lord, whereas the epistles are teaching books allowing us to function and really grow 
and the grace of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So I will leave it there, a somewhat shorter than usual message, but I think we've covered a lot of subjects over the past week. And this has just been a wrap-up, I guess, one final look at the Scriptures to see what we can see, to leave with a spring in our steps, to go out rejoicing, and to be happy that we've been able to do this. And whatever we do is never in vain. And it may just be staying on a street corner for two, three, four, five hours has made all the difference and has given God great glory in ways that we don't know. You could give out 50,000 tracks, and that's good not to be uh, dismissed. But the banner itself, in some ways, is a different type of witness to those in the London area. So I will leave you that thought. Thank you once again for your fellowship this past week, for all the street work we've done as a unit. It's been a great blessing. And until we all meet again, may the Lord bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen.